POTUS wants complete space dominance. To that end, the president is creating a new branch, Space Force, <laughs> which Mark will run. What? This is a great adventure we are embarking on today. There will be setbacks, but greatness was never won without sacrifice. Oh, he is blowing it just like you thought. Yeah, it is a complete shit. Oh, my dry cleaner. Yeah, yeah, they uh, they lost my dress wipes. No, please let that not be an analysis of this show. Welcome to Cord Killers, the show about watching the stuff you love when you want, where you want, however you want. I'm Tom Merritt. Hey, man, I'm Brian Brushwood, and more importantly, that's uh, Space Force coming to Netflix. Is that right, Bryce? That's right. Coming May 29th from Greg Daniels and Steve Carell, both co-creators, and from The Office, of This course. shouldn't matter, but was the project announced before the actual Space Force? Or no. Like, like is the one no, a rebuttal later. to the other? It was after. No, yeah, yes, it was, this project was created in response to the announcement of Space Force. Oh, man, that makes me have really complicated feelings because it's such a funny, over-the-top, insane idea. I wish it was made completely independent because now I'm afraid, like, ah, is everything going to be a commentary? Is it going to be an indictment of, you know, because, because guess what? Sooner or later, a Democrat's going to inherit the actual Space Force. That is the military branch branch and then mm -hmm. people's children are going to serve in the actual space force and so i i wonder how uh but how i think there's how little age there's bipartisan space to to criticize the, the defense there department is, there is but but will, will they, they stick to it yeah will they explore all of that space or will they only space. stick to a one side <laughs> of the space uh the the trailer gave me hope for that part of it Mm -hmm. It actually made me, I didn't see too many examples of pot shots, right? Uh, so they gave me a little hope. The trailer, on the other hand, made me worried that it'll be boring. Ooh. I don't know about that. So so here's the thing. Um, office space. Uh, Not ne never, space. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, correct. Other space. Uh, <laughs> office space. Uh, uh, never mentioned TGI Fridays by name, but made fun of that kind of corporate culture, that kind of manufactured fun, over-the-top, uh, fake smile uh, in a restaurant form. Maybe they're able to do the same thing with this. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, Greg, here's the, on paper, this should be great. Greg Daniels has my faith from what he's done in the past. Steve Carell has my faith from what he's done in the past. But this trailer, I think they need a different trailer because the uh, the Kokomo things made me laugh. I was about to say, uh, I, uh, they, they did hit a home run yeah. mocking Kokomo. That's been my go-to punching stuck bad in for my a head long time. all day long. Yeah. You guys like the Kokomo <laughs> thing? I felt that took, I felt that that was so long. You didn't oh, live really? through the actual Kokomo. Well, and if you I lived did. through the actual Kokomo, <laughs> there's no amount of time that it's not a fun punching bag forever and ever and ever and ever. <laughs> by the way, by the way, and maybe this informs part of my enjoyment of this. Did you know there is no island named Kokomo? They invented it for the song. I believe that if they were smart, they would also trademark it. Well, hold on, because <laughs> my story's not done. Oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> when the Beach Boys wrote the song, they made a fictional island. But guess who thought like you did, Brian Brushwood? And Tom Cruise! Tom Cruise! Sandals. Oh, oh my God! My Brilliant! God. Brilliant. Which brings us back to Steve Carell. And exactly. <laughs> yes, in the office. Oh, my God. Wow. You know what, Tom? I, I, I would say, I mean, I always say that Netflix 
has a 50-50 rate on making good trailers. And mm. uh, we'll talk about it a little more, but I just watched the other new Greg Daniels show this weekend. And I upload, didn't right? upload, and I didn't think I would like it because I don't like the trailer. Because you could tell Amazon spent mm-hmm. a lot of money to use a big licensed song, and I think it's way better than the trailer lets on to. So I, I would I'm say, I'm hoping that's the case. I'm hoping that's the case with Space Force. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, let's get into our primary target. It's time once again to check in on how much is cable dying. Uh, Moffat Nathanson estimates traditional pay TV lost 1.8 million subscribers in Q1. We get these numbers every three months as the last of all the cable companies report their subscription levels and all of that. So 1.8 million down, 7.6% on the year, the biggest drop yet. Uh, One million of that was from satellite. So part of this is uh, the folks who had held on to satellite for a little longer for whatever reason. And if you remember in the early days of cord cutting, it was the cable companies, the traditional cable companies losing and satellite was still gaining. So that's catching up. Plus, we have one month of people being shut inside and losing jobs, et cetera. That's part of it. Pay TV now has 63% of all households in the United States. That's 79 million. And if you want to compare to years, that's 1995 levels of penetration. Uh, Streaming cable replacements like YouTube TV, the industry term for them is VMVPD for virtual multi-channel video something. I I, I, I thought thought we were settled on over-the-top networks, OTTs, uh, but I guess that would include uh, stuff outside of that. Nathanson's using VMVPD. Okay. So, because right. it's like, well, there's the there's the the multi-channel providers, uh, traditional, and then there's the virtual ones like Hulu plus live TV. Got it. Anyway, that industry fell three hundred forty-one thousand. Uh, Hulu added a hundred thousand to reach three point two million. YouTube TV added three hundred thousand to reach two point three million. So Hulu's still the, the leader now. YouTube TV number two, but everybody else in this space lost. Sling TV, AT and T TV now whatever they're called 30 million households have cut the cord or never adopted it since 2010 9.6 million of those opted for a virtual uh over the top provider so that's if you you know back of the envelope math 20 million who just were like you know what i don't need multiple channels anymore this is a turn against multi-channel uh it's it's not just a turn against monopoly cable when when you finally have the choice it's not like oh you know what i might lose a few channels but i'll save some money i'm going to hulu live it's i don't need that uh people don't want a scheduled airing according to moffat nathanson they're like i just want to watch what i want when i want where i want so i'm going to just get that from Netflix or Amazon Prime or these many other offerings, Disney Plus, et cetera. News is the other thing you lose when you go from multi-channel. People are getting that online. They're getting it on Facebook. They're getting it from Twitter. Uh, and if they want video news, they can get it from loads of sources like BBC, New York Times, Bloomberg. Uh, and the traditional providers all have free streaming news apps out there, CBS, ABC, et cetera. Sports would be the one thing that really held people onto multi-channel and a lack of sports has definitely accelerated cord cutting. Suddenly it's like, well, what am I paying for cable to watch things on ESPN when there's nothing on ESPN? Although now they're starting to get a few things like Korean baseball, et cetera. But this may be training some folks to not only live without all the sports, Brian, but just to live without multi-channel. They, they canceled it for the pandemic and maybe they never go back. 
I think there's two biggest sides of this. And let, let me pitch this to you. We've talked in the past about how um, all of cable is pretty much uh, underwritten by sports. And whether you watch sports or not, you know, that was the biggest part of, of your cable bill that was paid outside parties was the sports part. And now there is no sports. So it makes sense that maybe whatever that portion of the sports people are, are finally giving up. But but let me let me pitch this to you. I think the decision to give up cable was already made in the minds of millions and millions of people, much like the decision to give up smoking or some other bad habit that they know they need to, quote unquote, get around to. Over the last few months, Tom, there's a lot of stuff that I've been meaning to get around to that I finally did. And I think this is straight up, you know, a rubber band snapping. I think that tension was there. I think the decision was made and this was just the right time to be like, oh yeah, yeah. No, now's the time for me to evaluate how much am I spending on all my media? Let me just cut out the biggest, most obvious one that I'm using the least and then hold on to Netflix and then figure out where I want to go from there. Yeah, Moffat Nathanson uh, said something similar in their report about, you know, the, these sorts of events accelerating trends, not creating them. Uh, and that, that's essentially what you're saying there. And I, th I think that's dead on. Uh, you're right. Uh, people had been meaning to get around to eating out less and cooking for themselves. Right. Well, guess what? They're doing a lot of cooking for themselves. You finally have the time. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think this is a, a, an example of that. Which is like you say, like, well, I've been meaning to cut cable. Why not now? Let's let's you know, let's see what's all this stuff because all this stuff I was keeping cable for isn't necessarily important, especially well, at least if it was sports. Now that said, sports is going to come back, and people are going to want to watch sports. So where will those sports people go when that happens? Will they? Go to the virtual OTT providers? Will they go back to cable and turn it back on again? Uh, will they go to the bar like you're always recommending? Like, to, like just get out of your house and, and go hang out when the big game is on. Uh, I wonder what's going to happen in the short term, but I'm more curious what's going to happen in the long term as I don't think all of these people will go back to cable. Suddenly those sports contracts aren't as valuable and the leagues realize that they've got a direct line to people who love their sport and a relationship that they've built for years. And maybe when these agreements with the big networks go away, they rejigger them. I don't think you say like you can only get NBA from the NBA app, but I think you make it so that you can get almost all the NBA from the NBA app. And it's a special event that gets pushed out to Disney plus or CBS all access, or, you know, like CBS all access already has football in it. Like Peacock's going to want to have sports in it too. Uh, so, so there's opportunities to really change how sports gets delivered here. Here's what I suspect. In an alternate universe where nobody had a surviving entangling contract, everybody follows the true pioneers of this, the WWE. Everybody makes their own yes. network. There's an NBA app, an NFL app, an NHL app, a, a baseball, what's baseball, uh, Major League Baseball. MLB. MLB. Yep, 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 yep. Um, but as we know, those entangling contracts stick around for a very long time. And in fact, that's part of the reason people jockeyed so hard for them in the, the previous era. So we have to wait for the echoes of that to go away. I, I don't know. I, I, and I don't know enough about these specific contracts to speculate, but I know that from the money-making side, everybody who can put everything behind an app will. Everybody who can't will mushmouth, middle road it until they can put everything behind an app. 
I mean, the major sports, NHL, MLB, NBA, NFL here in the United States, they all have strong apps. Uh, NHL recently, like two, three years ago, we, we had uh, uh, Buzz Eklund, uh, Ekon uh, to talk about uh, uh, the fact that the NHL had switched over to using BAMTech uh, for their back end specifically for that. So they're, they're set. It's all about the agreements. It's all about who is allowed to stream what where. Uh, and like you say, we, we're not privy to all of those arrangements and how long they go. Uh, but I, I, there's going to be some pressure to change things. And I, I, I want to repeat what I said about you see CBS All Access with sports. You see Peacock with sports. I wouldn't be shocked uh, to see Disney, maybe not put sports in Disney Plus, but really talk about that bundle of ESPN Plus uh, Hulu and Disney Plus as a, more of a of a unified thing, and ESPN Plus start to be more of a way to pay to stream sports directly rather than having to get cable. Uh, I think that's something Disney's going to have to do. They've been ahead of the game on streaming with Disney Plus for entertainment. Uh, they're behind the game on streaming for sports, but they they don't have to stay behind. They they could they could leap in front of that, and this could be the the leverage they need to to renegotiate that kind of stuff. Also, uh, let me throw this to you. There's a temptation to perceive the nature of this story as 1970s cable went on the rise, stayed on the rise, stayed on the rise. Now is cable's fall. But separate divorce cable as an institution, and instead think of people. What is this the story of? Since the 1970s, people are willing to spend increasing amounts of money to maximize their choices and feel the most connected. Nowadays, if I told you, here's $150 per month, I want you to feel the most connected, have the most choices, uh, how would you spend it? And almost certainly, that would not involve cable. You, you, you would yeah. instead subscribe to all these individual choices. So, so in, in, there's a temptation to believe that anything is changing. Nothing is changing. The only thing that is changing is the efficiency of the conduit by which we receive stuff. Right. That, there is change, but it's that, right? Yeah. It's not like people suddenly became different and, and didn't like the same things. Uh, you know, one, one change that's going to mess up anybody's projections is we don't know what's going to happen to the economy. You know, we just shut down the world <laughs> for a couple of months and we're going to try to restart Robert it. As Justin Young put it, uh, we put a bullet in the head of a bull market on purpose by <laughs> yeah. choice. Yeah. yeah. And anybody who hasn't driven their car for a while lately uh, and went out to start it and found a dead battery knows like your car may start just fine. You may have to jumpstart it. You may have to take it to the shop. You just, you just don't know until you go out and try to restart the car. So ah, we may be fine and we may be back on track. Uh, we may be dealing with an entirely different economic landscape, which could shake up all these predictions. Uh, but that said, I, I think you're right. I think I think what this shows is people are like, I don't need multi-channels to get what I want anymore. And sports was one of the things that kept a lot of people glued and people are learning to live without it right now may not be so dire to go back to it, especially when they can subscribe to ESPN plus when they can get out of town games from directly from the leagues. And you're probably going to see more of that behavior, putting pressure on stuff. Yep. Agreed. Uh, well, we don't want to put too much pressure on you, but, back our patreon uh now. yeah no we don't want to put a lot of pressure but seriously we're going to die unless you go right now <laughs> to patreon.com slash cord killers i don't want to make a big thing about it we just visited the doctor and he said i'm sorry you have independentitis it's something where you're loud live and independent and the only way for you to survive is an infusion of patreon stat they took us over to the er and we went to patreon.com slash cord killers thankfully we had over 1,000 donors and we would like you to be among them yeah. So uh, 
Give till it helps you feel like you've helped us. Right. Patreon.com. Also, we're literally dying. And if you don't give us money, we're get, we're never doing I the show think again. He knows we're going to die. Means. It's okay. But no, seriously. Patreon.com slash court. No pressure. Let's talk about how to watch. All right, this is kind of an ongoing story for the old cord killers here. Uh, we like movies. We like watching movies at home. We also like watching movies in the theater sometime. And uh, we're very curious what our options will be for those going forward. We talked a lot about the public spat between Universal, NBC Universal, and AMC theaters. Uh, and now theaters are reopening in some U.S. cities. Spain, tentatively going to reopen May 25th. I love that city. <laughs> no, theaters are reopening in some U.S. cities. Period. period. Okay. <laughs> Spain, new, new, new con category. Spain, Spain tentatively opening its theaters May 25th. Uh, Germany, Saxony, and Schleswig-Holstein May 18th. Rhine-Westphalia May 30th. The Netherlands looking at June 1st with a 30-person limit per screening. Uh, the U.K. says no earlier than July 4th. Nice troll, U.K. Uh, you know, Americans make movies. <laughs> oh, reopen your theaters on July 4th. No earlier. After, a, yeah. after independence. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and obviously different rules in different uh, countries, but, but generally uh, they're talking about minimum distance between patrons. So you won't be sitting right next to anybody. Hence the, like in the Netherlands, the 30 person limit, uh, planned entries and exits. Uh, Korea, which has already had its theaters open for quite a while now, uh, is, is going at one better with, contactless theater experiences uh cj cgv and lote cinemas uh nicknamed them untacked you order your food through an app or a kiosk it's delivered with led controlled pickup boxes so you never talk to a person uh you buy your ticket through an app you scan it with a robot uh, if it's a you know restricted film like an r-rated type film uh you scan an id uh and apparently Woody Allen's romantic comedy Rainy Day in New York was took over the top box office in Korea from Trolls World Tour. The whole spat about AMC and, and, and Universal was about Trolls World Tour going digital in Korea. They're showing it was the number one movie in the theaters last week. And granted, this is like 5% of the normal theater uh, attendance in Korea, but still. Uh, and then one of the most interesting, and I, and this one's local to Brian, uh, and actually to me, because there's one here in LA too, Alamo Drafthouse launching Alamo On Demand. May 9th, they premiered the Biosphere 2 documentary and streamed a Q&A with uh, some of the residents from Biosphere 2. May 22nd, there's a Kate Nash documentary. There'll be a Q&A with Kate Nash. Uh, you watch through the web. They have Android and iOS apps coming soon. But they, they took that idea that we talked about, Brian, and said, well, if we're not going to have people coming into the theaters right now, let's bring our experience to them. Uh, yeah, as a matter of fact, Bryce signed up for this, right? You already experienced some stuff. Yeah, I uh, uh, bought a movie over the service over the weekend. Yeah, so it's all through the web right now. They're saying there's apps coming. I could airplay it to my phone, to my TV. There, the resolution and the, the, the bandwidth was all fine. Uh, it was very quick to, to set up, to set up an account and... Uh, add a add a card and all. Um, I, I will say, I it was it was a few days later when I when I I found that the movie that I bought was like a dollar cheaper on Amazon. Uh, on Amazon, did, it's did that sting or? Eh, it was a it was only like ten dollars anyway. Yeah. Um, and and that's the kind of interesting thing is that they kind of have a lot of different price points based on how popular or how what the budget of the movie is. So you have 
like Parasite versus like the movie I watched, which was like a $5 rental or just $10 to own. So uh, even then it's, it's, it was, it was really seamless and, and the curation is nice. They have, you know, they make a point of saying like, if there's a movie on here, it means one of our editorial staff thinks that you should watch this movie, uh, which is a very like comforting thing to, to be like, cause I don't know any of the rest of these movies. I saw Parasite and I knew that, but the, you know, this, the biosphere movie, this Kate Nash thing, I, I didn't know any of them and I could, go in and see, okay, this is a comedy. I will watch this. It was, uh, it was all right. As Kramer double zero in our Twitch chat says the Egyptian theater in LA is doing the same thing with Q and A's and indie films and all that sort of thing. So yeah. it seems like some of the smaller chains and independent theaters uh, realizing that, you know, nobody's going to come bail them out. There's no rumor that Amazon wants to buy them like there is for AMC theaters. Uh, so yeah. they, they've, they've got to figure some other way to do this. Uh, two, two things. Number one, uh, I did not know about this Biosphere 2 movie. I'm so excited about that because I actually did visit Biosphere 2. It's uh, a documentary, yeah. Uh, uh, the summer after I graduated high school, oh, wow. we just happened to be driving by and we drove like 30 miles out of our way. But uh, separately... Uh, it was an interesting thing on the shoot we did this weekend because uh, our producer, John, was genuinely confused why anybody would spend any money for a movie. And I explained, it's a new movie. You can't get it anywhere else. And he yeah. was like, oh, yeah, no, I guess I guess you would in that case. So so uh, in, in that regard, let me ask you, Bryce. Sure. How much of the what we value, and I mean like on an internal feeling level, how much of what we love about going to the movies lived in that virtualized version of it that you experienced i certainly liked i liked the the idea of like here is a new movie here is a recent thing that maybe people haven't don't know about yet so the newness definitely landed like, yeah like, i mean this it, is not out in netflix yet right i mean once i saw the news article that's that got me to the site and i i if it wasn't that first time i went to it then i went back to it uh not long after to go and, and make that transaction so uh, I, I think ha having some of the newness, having the price be good. I mean, that's even cheaper than you know the hot, the the high end movie VODs that the, that have been doing, and uh, and and yeah, and then just the convenience of of doing it at home, right? I can pause and I can scut back uh, if I didn't hear something, or I can adjust the lighting. I don't have to deal with other people. Uh, closed captioning. No closed captioning, and I don't know if that's because it's because of airplay. Or because it's just a new movie, but there was no, I could not get subtitles, which was a little frustrating, but uh, I don't, I tend to not like subtitles for comedies anyway, so I could, I could make it through that. Um, but overall, I mean, if, even if it was $20 for a movie, I would, I think I would prefer, prefer that experience. It. Wow. Then even maybe $30, depending on what the the rights are and you know this was a low budget movie that i bought for ten dollars i'm not gonna be able to yeah, buy you didn't trolls rent for ten dollars that's 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 key right you yes, own it now i i yeah. own it uh, so you can rewatch it as many times as you want did, yeah. did did you ever find out like like it's owned on their servers or is there any like if the alamo went out of business tomorrow mm. would you still own it uh it's tied to my alamo account i there was not a download option mm. available okay they might have one when they make these mobile apps but if i went to my computer i don't think i could download a file yeah, I'm doubting that uh, uh, Movies Anywhere is going to allow the Alamo Drafthouse in anytime soon. Do you think? Uh, I, I Well, I don't know. I mean, Movies Anywhere is the big studios, but I would there, hope. There but, could but it does be enhance movies... their value to you know make a bigger tent. Yeah. Well, but also the studios aren't going to want to incur the wrath of AMC by allowing these competitors in possibly. With the day -day I, it may just not be worth their money to, to re-engineer Movies Anywhere to admit these folks. I don't know. I may be wrong about yeah. both those things, but uh, it would be cool if there was an indie version of Movies Anywhere. 
that that you know the Egyptian theater and Alamo Draft House and and others that are doing this kind of banded together to make it so that hey if we ever go out of business you still own the movie and you'll be able to watch it at any of the members because that that's the big thing about movies anywhere as much as the ultraviolet people complained if your ultraviolet purchases were also uh, connected to movies anywhere they stayed in movies anywhere uh, because you bought them through ultraviolet so you know that that mm-hmm. that did save a lot of movies for people. Uh, in services that they wouldn't have been saved for otherwise. Hey, I got a yeah. question. Uh, one of the things that stuck out to me out of all these stories is it makes sense to open up theaters partially and let people spread out or whatever. I was a bit uh, transfixed by the arbitrary uh, arbitrary nature of the number 30, 30 people, because it seems to me like there are big theaters and small theaters. It seems like it should be 20% of capacity or what yeah. have you. That, there were several large Dutch theaters saying the exact same thing. <laughs> right? was like, hey man, we got, we got a lot of room here. Like, why 30? Uh, I, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to, if I put myself in the head of, of the person justifying the 30 person limit, it's to say, uh, it doesn't matter how big your space is. Uh, the more people you allow to go to a destination, the higher chance that they will you know, break the rules, run into each other and transmit things because you, they're touching the door on the way in, they're touching the rails, et cetera. And, and maybe that just, there's a, a calculation you make because none of this is about 100% prevention of transmission of a disease. Yeah. This is all about how do we lower it to an acceptable risk? And somebody decided that 30 people walking through the doors is an acceptable risk no matter where they sit once they get inside. Yeah, because yeah. it's the same door. Or it's yeah. one door. I mean, it might be a set of like five or six doors, depending. You know, and and also it's worth noting that, you know, these are bureaucrats and no bureaucrat ever got fired over an overabundance of caution, you know. Sure. Yeah. I mean, although there's the other side of it is that uh, bureaucrats have gotten fired for putting in rules that that ended up uh, destroying something. So they destroyed the the Dutch theaters. But I don't think 30 is going to destroy them any more than 50 would have. Well, like, it's you know we're, we're worth noting. Like if, if again, if I if I'm in the poker match of being one of these you know bureaucrats, I would think to myself, I can go up from 30. I don't know if yeah. I can go up from 100. Sure. You know? No, what? that's a, that's probably part of it too. Is like let's start with 30. Let's see how it goes cuz then we can go up. It's a it's a lot, you know, you can go down. You can constantly the, be the guy hogging the headlines saying, "Guess who's awesome and is allowing even more people to go to the movies?" <laughs> There's that too. Yeah. yeah. Uh but I'm still upset at the UK for July 4th. I mean, <laughs> you could have said July 1st. <laughs> What's up with that? Yeah. All right. Uh, let's talk about what to watch in Under Surveillance. Not like this it's all about location, location, location. Under Surveillance. Fox unveiled its 2020 fall schedule. Yep. Yeah. The old practice of an autumn schedule is still alive, even in this time of pandemic. Uh, shows will start launching in late September. The schedule is now dominated by scripted and reality series already in the can, plus animated series. So Bob's Burgers, The Simpsons, etc. Filthy Rich and Next both held over from this season. New installments of MasterChef Junior and Cosmos, which was going to be uh, counter-programming for the Olympics. uh, But now that there's no Olympics, they held it over until fall. LA's Finest is another one on there. I'll talk about that in a sec. Uh, The Masked Singer is on the schedule, though it has not yet been shot. So that's an interesting one. Are they going to do the mass Singer from home, like The Voice or American Idol? And the NFL is on the schedule before we're really certain how sports are going to return, but they're guessing that they'll figure it out by then. Uh, LA's Finest, as I mentioned, is interesting because it already aired. 
on Spectrum Cable's Originals channel. Now, that's a lower amount of exposure, uh, but it was supposed to be brought on as a summer series, and Fox held it off. In fact, a few summer series will ha- held off for the autumn to fill out the schedule, and they've come up with other programming to fill the summer schedule. So interesting to see Fox just kind of stay on target and say, you know what, we're just going to take what we have, what we know we can work with, move it into the fall, and then we'll we'll innovate over the summer. I'm going to assume Cosmos was already banked and uh, yes. they're just, yeah, it okay. was already shot. Yeah. It was in the can too. Uh, yeah. That does seem like one that you could, you know, adjust the slider bar of how much on-screen time versus voiceover you want uh, as you tell those stories. Cause Cosmos had a fair bit of animation and computer, you know, effects and that kind of stuff. Yeah, definitely. Uh, also, Tom Cruise is talking with SpaceX and NASA about shooting the first narrative feature film in space. I, I, Scenes would be shot on the International Space Station, according to a tweet from NASA Administrator Jim Bridenstine. So this is not a rumor. This is, yes, we're planning on doing this. I was about to say, um, um, it's interesting phrasing to say in talks about, because uh, when I read that tweet, it sounded like, a, you know, a fait accompli, you know? Well, I wrote it that way, Brian, uh, because... Tom Cruise is talking with SpaceX and NASA. He has not scheduled the shoot. Okay. Uh, so that was my thinking in in my personal writing of this as Tom Cruise is talking with them because that's the stage they're in. They're like, all right, let's shoot a film. And NASA Administrator Jim Bridenstine is like, hell yeah, let's shoot a, shoot a film on the ISS. What's the film? We don't know. Is it greenlit? We don't, you know, none of that. But they're in that stage of like, how do we make this happen? Man, I'm, so, sure. I'm so curious because I, I immediately went to like, what is the role of the director? Is this entirely just Tom Cruise monologuing with himself? Is he the one that's going to well, set aperture settings and exposure I'm, levels and all that stuff? I'm, I'm going to guess that this is a scene in a movie, right? So, uh, so it's not going to be an entire movie. What is that scene? It, would it be a scene where he lands on the international space station and breaks in and doesn't say any dialogue and then breaks back out? Like, uh, or like you say, does he, does he talk to himself? Like, what is, why, why is he there? Is it, uh, a, a one day shoot of multiple scenes that are kind of, you know, intersected throughout a movie where there's a character up in the space station and he mo- he's talking to them on the ground. So all you shoot is him talking. I don't know. And like you say, who's the cameraman? Who, who sets the lighting? Who does all that stuff? Well, uh, on, on, in that regard, we've gotten a little bit of a taste of that. There's been a few segments as we continue to do Modern Rogue. Uh, you know, Jason is, is sheltering in place. And so uh, we're trying to do things where it's like we'll Skype in and watch him shoot and give feedback where it's like, ah, can you make sure you get this covered? Hey, you know, frame your shot so there's about this much or whatever um i gotta i gotta be honest i feel like an idiot because i walked right past the possibility that this was only part of a bigger movie i just assumed it would be you know some crazy gravity style 90 minute one act play you know involving him in the cupola it it might be right they might that might be the stunt is that they do the whole thing up there too i have no idea yeah um uh i did i did entertain the fantasy of uh, if I was spending enough money to put Tom Cruise up there and I was the director, I might develop a camera that I could remotely watch and remotely mm-hmm. adjust cinematography on so, sure. so uh, to give more, more control. But I, I, who knows? This is all. I mean, NASA all has a lot area. of experience shooting video on the ISS, uh, as does the the Russian Space Agency. They 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 do and film. I, 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 yeah. Yeah. They yeah. do. They do so much video up there. Uh, so it's it's not like they're inexperienced in like, well, we found out that this is what it looks like with this lighting setup. I mean, they can they can show them that stuff. Uh, but yeah, I think, I think this is this is fascinating to me, too. Also, 
if you're Tom Cruise, you could probably afford to buy one of these like vanity ticket things to, to get yourself up into space. But how much cooler is it for you to be like, I'm going to actually get paid to go to space. Yes, yes. And, and, <laughs> and also, I'm not an astronaut uh, or a scientist. Also compared to the total budget and, you know, it's like, a, you know, uh, so much of a big blockbuster is marketing anyway. Uh, I assume some accountant is able to do the voodoo to say, well, that's $50 million less we have to spend based on the amount of publicity this is getting. <laughs> <laughs> like, so it might, might yeah. be something like that. I mean, I'm assuming we're also both assuming it's Tom Cruise that goes there. He may just be coordinating this. He may be producing it and send someone else. Tom, I seriously I'm so impressed that. you said that with a straight face. I just, Come I, on. you know, we have to throw that out there. Uh, but I mean, I mean, also, it, to, to be honest, if it's Tom Cruise's decision, he'll be hanging on the outside of the internet. Side. Oh, no, he's doing a spacewalk, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, and his tether gets broke. I, I also wonder if he would take a pay cut for like, would he say like, look, I'm Tom Cruise. I will I will adjust my rate uh, to account for the amazing opportunity and cost of putting me on if, the ice. If I am Tom Cruise's uh, executive assistant or agent, um, I absolutely insist he plays chicken because this secure this cements his position as Hollywood God. If 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 he gets paid a lot for this and does yeah. the because he performs well under pressure, you know, like like how many actors can you point to that have a track record of performing under pressure for as long as Tom Cruise has? Yeah. Also, E. Clay Thomason points out we uh, we hadn't even got to yet. Uh, the insurance is going to be astronomical. So to speak. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, the reunions keep on coming uh, on John Krasinski's Some Good News, which we told you about previously on Cord Killers, uh, his YouTube show where he tries to just ta tell heartwarming stories of things that are happening right now. Uh, a Maryland couple recreated the proposal scene from The Office. Uh, Krasinski got a hold of that video, brought them on the show and then brought in Jenna Fisher, who played Pam from The Office, to, to play the maid of honor. Then everyone from The Office cast joined in for a dance after the marriage that happened on the show uh, to Forever by Chris Brown. And they, they, I, I'm sure not every single person who's ever been on The Office was there, but they got a lot of them uh, to, to show up and just blew this couple's mind because obviously they're big Office fans since they recreated this. And Krasinski just kind of slowly... Uh, rolled this out until there was like a huge office reunion and they weren't live. They'd all obviously pre-taped the dance and sent it in, but it was still pretty cool. The cast of Community is going to do a real reunion, live streaming a table read of season five episode Cooperative Polygraphy on YouTube May 18th at 5 p.m. Eastern. That live stream will raise money for Jose Andres World Central Kitchen and Frontline Foods. So we've got an office reunion. We've had a Parks and Rec reunion. We've got a community reunion. HBO Max, you sure you want to hold off on that Friends reunion special? Well, yes, apparently they do. Warner Media Entertainment and Direct-to-Consumer Chairman Bob Greenblatt told the NAB Executive Leadership Summit that the Friends reunion will hopefully be completed by the end of the summer. Good for everyone. I don't know how much milk there's left in this cow. It's a skinny cow. <laughs> um well, because when Parks and Rec did it, I got really excited. Uh, when John Krasinski did this, I said, I'll have to watch that later today. And I did. When Community did this, I said, I bet that will be fun. Maybe I'll watch it. Uh, by the time the HBO Max Friends reunion rolls around, I, I won't be watching it. A bigger Friends fans than me will, I'm sure. But yeah. And it's interesting because that's in no way an indictment of the property or of the talented actors behind it or of how well it's aged. It's right. just 
fatigue. It's reunion fatigue. I, I think yeah. we're all experiencing it. And the Friends and one. Nostalgia f- fatigue. The Friends one, ostensibly, and maybe it's changed because of, of COVID, but that was going to be a fully produced and filmed yeah. show. That wasn't nope. going to be a Zoom thing. That is why it's being held off. They're they're saying hopefully they'll get it done by the end of the summer when they're allowed to go back and have it on the friend's set. Like that is the idea. That's what they're holding out for. They don't want to do a Zoom reunion. They want to do a full one. Whereas I think they should have jumped on this bandwagon and did a Zoom call where they talked about the upcoming reunion. But I can see why somebody would you know say like, no, that takes the wind out of the sails. We want the reunion to be the reunion the one time. So yeah. I don't know. Uh, maybe they're smarter to hold off. And by, by the time they, they get this done at the end of June, there won't be so much fatigue. I, I can't like argue saying. with the wisdom of, of like, I mean, uh, it's, it's a case where the trailer could get more momentum than the actual thing. If, if they had done just a short 10 mm. minute Zoom call mm-hmm. thing. All right. Uh, a few other notes. Producer Jerry Bruckheimer says work continues on National Treasure 3, the movie. Uh, but has a now announced a National Treasure TV series coming to Disney Plus, likely before the National Treasure 3 movie gets produced. Uh, and Nicolas Cage and the whole cast is going to be in the TV series as well. All seven seasons of Scandal will move from Netflix to Hulu later this month. So kind of a coup Lou for Hulu. Disney Plus ordered an eight-episode series based on the graphic novels of Just Beyond by R.L. Stein, so kind of a, an anthology horror series. And Robert Rodriguez has been confirmed as the person who directed season two of The Mandalorian. That season is wrapped and in the can, scheduled for release in the autumn, uh, but they had not confirmed that Rodriguez uh, was a director, and now they have. Do you think they kept that secret for, like, uh, Robert Rodriguez is one of those really interesting brand names where uh, he certainly is capable of exceptional, wonderful, good work. And he's known as an innovator, a, a, a an entrepreneur, uh, an outsider who jumped up and punched the face of God, uh, built a brand for Austin and so on. Um, but also has, has some duds in his arsenal. Um, do we, do we think that, that they, they kept that secret for fear of, of sparking the debate about like, is this going to be more like blank or blank? no, I, I, I never buy the, they kept it secret cause, uh, generally in my experience, these things are, they kept it secret because they had decided timing was important on the announcement to get the most pop out of it. Why they announced it May 11th. I don't know. Maybe that was just on the map. May already. the 11th like, be with you, Tom. Yeah. Like uh, you think it would have, uh, well, no, I mean, it's May the 11th today. They announced it May the 4th. So that's obviously why, uh, but, but why, why hold it till May 4th? Uh, I don't know, because they wanted to make a bunch of Mandalorian announcements, I guess. That, yeah, that's- I'm, I'm going to guess it as as an announcement goes, it's just mushy middle enough that they decided to hold on to it and make it part of a group, you know, bundle. Yeah, yeah. They're like, oh, this will be a nice little extra for the Robert Rodriguez fans, because I, I think they see it as a positive of people going like, ooh, Robert Rodriguez. You know, everybody they announce is going to have some people that don't like them. Sure, but, um, but I guess uh, in terms of that PR heat, uh, it's not the same as a Favreau announcement or a, or a Taika Waititi that's true. announcement. That's true. It's not, it's a, you know, no disrespect to Robert Rodriguez, but it, there are more people who have heard Favreau and, and now Taika because of, of Thor. Uh, so, yeah. I think that's that's right. All right, let's talk about what we've been watching. What have you had your eyes on, Brian? Uh, dude, I finally started watching Devs. Uh, uh, the thing that Bryce loves to hate. Sorry, <laughs> this is me problems. I just ha- It's good. I have problems with it. <laughs> um, uh, man, I'll tell you what. I'm on episode five. Kind of loving it an awful lot. I like it. I, in fact, I like it enough, Tom, that uh, I, I give you my, you know, if you want to join me, 
on the other side of devs, we could do a whole little bonus after talk or, you know, if we have a gap spoiling in time. All right. All right. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll put it on the list. Uh, I have been watching, uh, the thing I want to mention is Killing Eve. Uh, we, we, uh, we have been keeping up on the new series of, of Killing Eve. I, I did the season pass thing. So we end up watching it a day late. I think it comes out on Sunday and we'll watch it Monday nights. Um, but that's fine. It's, this is not a show where it's about the participation with the wider culture, like, like a game of Thrones or even a better call Saul. Uh, this, this is something we just kind of enjoy on our own. Cause we never watched them when they were new in the first two seasons. Um, but if you liked the first two seasons, I think, I think it's strong. It's a strong third season. And, uh, the, the characters of Eve and Villanelle, uh, are two of the best characters, in in kind of murder romance uh, that I've I've ever seen. So can can highly I recommend it? I I mm. actually still don't know what Killing Eve is about. Is there anything I so, should know? Or uh, it's it's hard to explain without being spoilery. That's probably one of the reasons that you haven't heard much. But mm. uh, Villanelle, uh, the blonde in in the poster art, uh, is an assassin, and Eve uh, is a contractor for MI6. Okay, uh, and and I say that not remembering for sure if she's always been or is at the beginning, but she works in that world, basically. But I basically, may be wrong there's, about there's somebody yeah. who by default you would think of as a good exactly. guy and a bad guy, and it and gets so complicated. In hunting the assassin, she starts to learn to admire mm-hmm. the assassin and vice versa. And then the story is told from there. Uh, and it's just, it's a it's a great thriller with lots of cool twists and and a really deep and interesting relationship uh and 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 relationships uh around all the people involved in this very cool uh all right bryce what should we be on the lookout for hey you got a wreck from joe of a new show that i also enjoyed this weekend joe writes hey guys here's a very much on the radar lookout suggestion because amazon has been shoving ads for upload in my face and i assume everyone else's face for weeks however i tried it out this weekend and ended up uh, binging half of the season before having to go back to work today so i thought i'd recommend it the ads describe it as a sitcom rom-com about the digital afterlife but the show actually touches on some really interesting topics about life religion tech and our current app-driven economy. It does provide laughs, but it is way more thoughtful than it has been represented. It's on. It's free for Amazon Prime subscribers. Joe, thank you, Joe. Yeah, I really, I, I, it, it took me a few episodes to warm up to upload, but I, I really enjoyed it um, for a slightly goofy take on this, and and um, some of the mysteries and and some of the things that it uh, uh, tries to tackle on say you know uh, the current day mechanisms of 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 capitalism uh seem very weird when they get applied to a digital afterlife um but i i think it's it's really cool i ended up binging it i know uh our friend uh andrew main on the weird things podcast also binged and, and really enjoyed it uh i gotta say upload is pretty good and it's yeah it's fr- it's the another show from greg daniels uh who was a part space of force space force and the office uh and and other shows so parks and rec uh, Park and Parks and Rec. I will say the one other thing is, you can tell how cheap it is. Oh, a lot of green screen and it's very visible in some <laughs> cases. But it's but it's good and it is funny and and I, I it's interesting seeing characters and it. it, it I, the last thing I'll say is that uh, it there is a romantic element to the story, but I think it is more complicated than you might expect from a single camera sitcom. I think that. For all of the journey that it takes, I think it's 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 nice and nuanced, honestly. So, um, ten half-hour episodes are streaming. Uh, this is called Upload. They're streaming now on Amazon Prime Video. Now, if you got something we should be on the lookout for, email cordkillers at gmail.com.
Hey, thanks to everybody who's been reviewing Trigger, uh, my novel in the Pilot X universe on Amazon. Uh, if you have picked up that novel and you haven't reviewed it yet, it's one of the, the best things you can do to, to help get the word out there. The more reviews on there, the better. Uh, and right now it's got five stars. So I'm super happy that, that people are enjoying it. Uh, if you want a space adventure with a time machine, pie and coffee, uh, go check it out, triggertomsnewbook.com. But also buy a new computer. Uh, yeah, well, and we all know buying a new computer is one of those things like, you know, you're gonna kind of like uh, kind of like reassessing your relationship with cable. It's going to happen sooner or later. And if now's that moment, then we encourage you to go to our friends over at doghousesystems.com. Go to doghousesystems.com slash V slash Rogue. That's R-O-G-U-E. Use promo code Rogue at checkout. Do me a favor. Send me a picture of your new system. Tell me how much you love it. Let's move on to the front lines. Front lines. So remember last time we talked about Viacom, CBS, and CBS All Access, they said they were going to make it a house of brands. Well, now they've said they will rebrand CBS All Access for a relaunch this summer. They didn't give an exact date, but uh, by the end of the summer, we should have a brand new brand for CBS All Access uh, and a packed look. Remember, they've talked about a three-tier strategy of CBS All Access, Showtime for Premium, and Pluto as your free streaming uh, thing. Uh, so this new version will add content from the Viacom side of the business, Nickelodeon, BET, MTV, Comedy Central, etc., as well as expand original content beyond just The Good Wife and Star Trek. Uh, also continue with news and sports, which it already has. A hundred movies from Paramount have already been added to CBS All Access. An international version is planned sometime in the next 12 months. And in a related note, Viacom channels are coming to YouTube TV. So if you're a YouTube TV subscriber, that now puts a point in its favor. You can get Comedy Central, MTV, BET on YouTube TV. And Viacom CBS's Pluto TV has struck a deal with TiVo and Verizon to distribute that free service on some of their platforms as well. Uh, forgive me, I should have checked this myself, but do you happen to know, Tom, whether or not they the articles explicitly said that it'll be called Viacom Cbs or that is it possible that they, no Viacom Cbs is the name of the company correct, correct. but, but they, they have, have not said they said will rebrand the, Cbs all access they did not say what they will rebrand it to so this is the speculation wormhole that I wanted to run into like like do you think they they, they, they call it like a, a VCS or 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 like Viacom Columbia or what like well if they take a page from Peacock they'll call it the eye <laughs> to be honest I, I, I'd be okay with that I, I or, just called it or the eye they combine Paramount and CBS I mountain para I <laughs> mountain eye. I mountain okay. I, I yeah I, I don't know I, I really have no sense of what they would rebrand it because CBS is a good brand Paramount's a good brand. Viacom, nobody cares, nobody knows, but they've got some other good brands in there. Tiffany uh, might be interesting, except for it's 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 fem I, it's it's gendered, uh, which yeah, would be complicated. Yeah, it sounds like jewelry. Yeah, uh, you know, call it, and and, and Ryan's referring to the fact that CBS. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Sorry, actually, you know what? Maybe that would be a good answer to Peacock. Uh, Peacock versus t the cock versus Tiffany. Mm. Versus wow. Tiffany. Yeah, one's a little more sophisticated. <laughs> yeah, right? I mean, they they could position ever. themselves as that way. Okay, anyway. Uh, uh, send us your suggestions uh, to cordkillers at gmail.com. Uh, Roku posted a larger net loss in Q1 as it increased spending on marketing. Roku announced plat uh, platform revenue, which includes ad sales. It grew 73% to $232.6 million during the quarter. Roku said as it expects ad sales growth to slow in 2020. Roku did see a rise in 2.9 million active accounts for a total of $39.8 million in the quarter. Uh, man, those numbers. Accounts. It's uh, Oh, sorry, sorry. Uh, uh, yeah, sorry, I said dollars. That's not dollars, that's account. 
uh, yeah, those are uh, remarkable numbers. One one major theme of all earnings reports these past couple of weeks as the earnings reports roll in is companies who did well and, and companies who didn't do well too, but companies who did well going, but we don't know if this will continue. Like we don't know what the ad market is going to be. So, you know, yes, our plan was to like really shift into the ad market. Uh, the ad market might be drying up. It might not. We don't really know. So, you know, they're doing a lot of, of, of caveats there for their investors, but overall, very good numbers for Roku, you know, all, all things considered. Not as good as Disney Plus, though. <laughs> Disney announced Disney Plus reached 54.5 million subscribers as of May the 4th, be with you. Uh, UK firm Digital TV Research projects that Disney Plus will reach 202 million subscribers by 2025. That's more aggressive than Disney's own projection of 126 million. Disney CEO Bob Chapek also managed to admit that the company will continue to release some movies direct to streaming without causing AMC theaters to boycott it. JPEG <laughs> uh, said it will evaluate movies on a case-by-case -case basis. Mulan is still the big return for Disney. It's tentatively set to return to theaters July 24th. So we'll keep an eye on that date and see if it moves. Man, I don't know. Do you do you believe that? July 24th? Do you think... You think Mm. I was set to go to the Mulan premiere with Eileen. She had tickets to it. And it was the thing that got moved. Like, you know, we were going to go next week. And then it was like, nope, they're moving it. And we're like, wow, really? They're moving the red carpet premiere? That's crazy. And then they moved it off to July 24th. And I thought, wow, so far later in the season. That's that's wild that they're moving it so far. Now it feels really near. I mean, um, just two yeah. months away? I mean, do you really? Mm -hmm. ugh, I, I, I don't think we'll it's, be it's, ready for it. it. It's not that theaters won't be open by July 24th. It's that people won't be wanting to go back. And Disney will want to use Mulan as the thing to push people over the edge when they're about ready. And I don't know that July 24th will be that time. And one other thing about Mulan is, you know, Disney said they, they want that to be an a global release. Yes. If, if it comes out in one region and it's not out in the other regions, they're going to expect a lot of a lot of piracy and a lot of a lot of law, However, quote so unquote lost sales. Here, here, I mean, when here, they say global release, though, they mean Europe, China. the United States, China, and India. Right. Uh, if Africa's still shut down, I'm going to. I'm no Disney's not going to hold off. I think here's what I suspect: is they are going to make a big deal about its day and dateness. It will be a day and date release. They will make a big deal about its premiere and say, look at the Hollywood glitz and glamour that's coming back. But you don't need to come out and see this. You stay at home and watch this with your family. You're going to love it. No, there's no way they do that. Really? Yeah, you're nuts. Uh, they will immediately be banned from showing it at all theaters. Oh, yeah, you're right. I forgot about that whole <laughs> And it's expensive. It's a, it's, a, it's a high budget movie, too. Man, yeah. I don't, I don't they, see they, how they make any kind of decent money in a theatrical release. Not on July 24th. I'm with you. Yeah, uh, it, it, I, th I think we see this one delayed, but we'll keep an eye on it. TiVo launched its TiVo Stream 4K, the HDMI dongle with Sling TV built in that was announced at CES. Uh, TiVo Stream 4K also supports Dolby Vision HDR, Dolby Atmos, and Chromecast. It also runs Android TV and has Google Play Store apps and Google Assistant. It also features the streaming service called TiVo Plus. The TiVo Stream 4K is available now for $49.99. Yeah, this is the one I talked about uh, at CES uh, when they announced it. Uh, so it's it's really nice. This is a great thing to get for friends and relatives who are like, oh, I'm kind of new to the streaming thing. What do I do? Because it's got a really good TiVo interface, really intuitive. Uh, it has some free stuff on TiVo Plus from Zumo, which is the Comcast owned. But they're getting Pluto on this thing, too, as we mentioned earlier. Also has the benefit of not sounding like a new word people have to learn. Like they know right. the word TiVo. They know TiVo. And Sling TV being built in might be really good for Sling if this takes off because that's how 
people get, they're like, wait, how, but how do I get my local channels? My, I want to watch the news at night. Like so that's, Sling that's does how have you do it. the advantage. Whereas, whereas Hulu and YouTube, those words mean something else besides cable. Mm. Sling only means it's cable over the internet. And it's, yeah. that's all it means. Protocol sources are saying uh, what 9to5 Google sources said back in March, that Google's going to launch an Android TV-powered streaming dongle. Uh, Chromecast is not uh, powered by Android TV. It's, a, it's an Android-based device of its own. So Protocol says that this will be under the Google Nest brand and have an interface focused on individual shows rather than apps. Also, you wouldn't have to just cast it. It would have its own interface, more like a Fire TV stick. Uh, meanwhile, 9to5 Google sources say Android TV is going to be rebranded Google TV. Brian, everything goes in a circle. Remember Google TV with the big bulky keyboards? I still have one somewhere around here. Like, we're back. Hope maybe. We'll see. Hmm. Peacock yes. will be available on Apple TV and Xbox at launch on July 15th. Peacock will integrate with the Apple TV app watch now section. Peacock launched an at-home variety show hosted by Seth MacFarlane on Peacock. Peacock is currently only available to some Comcast, Comcast customers. I said Peacock a lot. Yes, you did. Uh, and the point of this being that uh, Peacock is integrated with Apple TV, kind of like HBO Max, Hulu, et cetera, uh, so that it'll automatically show up in that strip of stuff at the at the beginning of the Apple TV app uh, there. But yeah, they're launching a show on Peacock for people, I guess, who are on Comcast. <laughs> All right, uh, let's get to some dispatches from the front. Walt in Birmingham, Alabama, uh, wrote in and uh, expressed his disdain for theaters, saying, I would gleefully pay $50 to rent a movie on day one and watch it with my wife, dog, at home. I've had this discussion with many friends and every family member over the last couple of months, and there has yet to be one dissenter in the group. Death to theaters, I guess, Walt. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I wasn't there, so I don't know how you were pitching this to your friends. But if you were shouting death to theaters, <laughs> I too might shut my mouth and just and watch not you shout. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't think theaters going to die. And Walt, <laughs> even if you're not around them, there are, there are plenty of people who do like to go back to theaters. But it's a good point that there are plenty of people like Walt who are like, and we heard Bryce earlier say like, yeah, they'd pay a premium to be able to watch this stuff at home. Yeah. And meanwhile, I, I got to go with uh, all of humanity on the whole. Like, there's a reason we love social proof. There's a reason we love big events and being together at the same place at the same time. I got to feel like that's not going to go away overnight. Buzz says, hey, Tom and Brian, I was excited to hear about the special $11.99 pricing for HBO Max. So I thought I'd sign up for it and turn off my Amazon bought HBO Now subscription. Unfortunately, HBO recognized my email and won't let me make the switch. Uh, so I'll have to sign up with a different email if I want to get that $11.99 discount. But thanks for all the great content and see you online. Thank you, Buzz. Uh, good heads up. Uh, if you already have an HBO Now subscription, you may not be able to get that discount. Uh, they're they're aiming it at new folks to get them to prepay for a year. And to me, that's partly fair because I got a discount for signing up for HBO Now in the beginning. Uh, so this is an introductory discount. Also, I got an email from HBO Max right before the show telling me, hey, Tom, subscriber to HBO Now, at the end of May, you're going to get HBO Max. You won't have to do nothing uh, because we made a deal with Apple. Your HBO Now app will become an HBO Max app and you'll what? just stay logged in. Wow. Yeah. Well, you know, let me check my, which is, check which my is, email you right know, now. <laughs> it, I, I don't know if it's an Apple. When I signed up for HBO Now, it was originally through paying through the Apple App Store. Uh, and so Apple took their cut. Now, I yep. was... 
I had canceled my service before I signed up because I did sign up for this discount and it gave it to me. Yeah, uh, because you were re-signing up. Right. If you have existing service, yeah. then... Brian's holding up. He, he got the email? I got the, email. got the email too. It says, yeah. it says, hey, by the way, you now get HBO Max. So does this mean... This is the this importance is be a- of us telling you about those deals with Apple. It's not just like, oh, they made a deal. It's this is what allows this to happen. Like, okay, we've, we've made the deal with Apple. And so because of that, we'll now feel comfortable just upgrading everyone to HBO Max without them having to do anything. I got to tell you. going to make a huge difference for HBO Max. This might be the single most positive HBO Max related story we've covered so far because I've been very, very tepid on all of this. But this kind of tells me they're putting their money where their mouth is on this. And that like like you, you, you joked in a previous episode, Tom, that they will intentionally make it just annoying enough that Brian will not bother to upgrade or switch over. But it's like this tells me they're they're true believers. Yeah. That's smart. yeah. And and it's why they had to make these deals. They, they And it's why I kept reporting on those deals is that uh, the, for Android, you know, for Google Play, all of those deals that HBO made allow this ease, ease of use because that's how they win is if suddenly somebody who has HBO suddenly has more, they're not going to complain as much. Yeah. yeah. Well, and especially if what they're angling for is, you know, uh, a 50% increase in HBO traffic uh, happened concurrent with HBO Max. Yep. Uh, David Pick uh, wrote in and said, Hey, everybody, I have no complaints this time. I just wanted to respond to last week's discussion of if we are ever going back to the theaters once they open up. I'll be starting my ninth week of essential employment during Wisconsin's extended stay at home order. So I haven't really experienced quarantine brain and streaming content fatigue as I've been working full time at my job and still commuting back and forth. I so far have remained healthy. We're very glad to hear that, David. When and if the theaters open, I will not be in a hurry to see a movie inside, but I'm almost certain I want to see Christopher Nolan's new film, Tenet, on the upcoming July 17th weekend, two months from now. If masks will be mandatory, I'm willing to comply. But I just don't know how the one out of every four seat capacity will go and how theaters would survive if theater attendees can't buy concessions during the film they want to see. Yeah, I got to tell you, man, I think we would all put on spacesuits or some number of us would put on spacesuits to go see a movie with other people. Yeah, there will be. It's it's all a matter of percentages, right? It's not that nobody will go to the back to the theaters. It's not that everybody will go back to the theaters. It's who who will in what numbers and when and what will make people feel comfortable finally doing it. Agreed. Hey, folks, our website is cordkillers.com. Our email address is cordkillers at gmail.com. We're live on twitch.tv slash night attack, which is also carried on diamondclub.tv Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. Thanks for spending your time with us. We'll cut your cord again next time or kill it or something. We'll see you then. Hey, Tom Merritt. Yes, Brian Brushwood. Know who I love even more than my own children? Your other children? No, not my wife. I know what you're saying. I love our $5 patrons. These are the people that keep us loud, live, and independent. Thank you so much, $5 patrons. You know what? I love them more than not life itself, because then I'd be dead and I couldn't appreciate them, but really, really, really close. And I'm so thankful that they are here to make this show happen. Thank you so much to all of our $5 a month patrons. You guys are wizards. You're champions. You're heroes. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. (laughs)